The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to extend a special welcome to listeners joining us on our national affiliate network, which extends across all 50 states, and also welcome members of our armed forces and their families who tune in over the Internet. Thank you for your emails and cards and letters and for making the Costa Report part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, acclaimed attorney and entrepreneur, Mr. Robert Shapiro will be joining the program to talk about an issue we frequently encounter on this program, and that is the difference between moral justice and legal justice. Listeners will recall Shapiro was part of O.J. Simpson's successful dream team, which according to Shapiro ended in the correct legal outcome. But how often does legal justice trump moral justice? How about the case which lawyers are now bringing against makers of opioid drugs who, by all accounts, provided the legally required warnings and dosage recommendations to guard against addiction? In addition to his successful business ventures and his legal career, Shapiro also happens to be the founder of the Brent Shapiro Foundation, which is dedicated to drug prevention. And we'll hear more about that foundation and the moral and legal issues surrounding today's opioid crisis in today's program. But before Mr. Shapiro joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Robert Leslie Shapiro was born in Plainfield, New Jersey. He earned his undergraduate degree from UCLA and his law degree from Loyola Law School and was admitted to the California Bar in 1969. Shapiro is not only known for the celebrity clients he has represented, ranging from Daryl Strawberry, Jose Canseco, Johnny Carson, Christian Brando, to Linda Lovelace, but also for his pivotal role on O.J. Simpson's Dream Team. Owing to his extensive and successful track record, Shapiro was named by the National Law Journal as one of the 100 most influential lawyers in America. Today, Mr. Shapiro is a partner at Los Angeles law firm Glazer, Wheel, Fink, Jacobs, Howard, Avchin, and Shapiro, and is focused mainly on civil litigation. In addition to his legal career, Shapiro is the founder of the ever-popular LegalZoom and more recently Right Counsel, a service which matches folks facing legal issues with the best lawyers specializing in those issues. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program lawyer and entrepreneur Mr. Robert Shapiro. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Shapiro. Rebecca, it's my pleasure to uh, be with you, and I also want to extend... My thanks to the men and women of the armed services who work day and night and risk their lives on a minute-by-minute basis to keep us safe. Yes, we have a lot of folks in our military service who join us over the Internet. Particularly, I want to say hello to those of you joining us over the Internet from remote locations who are serving us far away from home. Now, I think most listeners are familiar with LegalZoom, but you recently started a new online service called Right Council. So I thought maybe a good place to start today's conversation is to ask you to tell us what prompted you to start Right Council. Almost uh, the same impetus that that caused me and actually my partners. I'm the co-founder of uh, LegalZoom along with uh, three excellent lawyers, Brian Lee, Brian Lou, and Eddie Hartman. And uh, one of the things that has always concerned me is the ability of people to get legal services. So that was the impetus for LegalZoom. The impetus for Right Counsel was 
the ability for people to get the best representation possible for serious accidents or injuries. And as we all know, uh, lawyers are free now to advertise in almost any media venue they would like. And uh, a lot of people are, are getting names uh, of lawyers off the backs of buses, off billboards, uh, from people that they don't know and uh, don't know anything about. And our mission with Right Counsel uh, was simple. We wanted to match people who had serious injuries or were uh, victims of uh, mass torts or toxic drugs to lawyers that myself and my fellow lawyers at Right Counsel thought were the best lawyers for that particular person and for that particular type of case. Now, what kind uh, of criteria do you use in establishing best? Okay, so th that's a very, very good question. Uh, the majority of the lawyers that we are recommending people uh, to engage are lawyers that I personally know, are lawyers that I've seen in court, are lawyers who I know have gotten tremendous verdicts uh, before juries and amazing settlements uh, outside in mediation. So, the so, you, so you've been in this business since 1969, and you know it's it's a I mean at the level that you play at, it's a relatively small community. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say, Rebecca. And so you would know, if someone came to you and said, look, I've got this situation, you would know how to match them. So in a way, you're kind of formalizing what you do informally with right counsel. Is that, is that fair? You know, that's a very, very fair way of putting it. You know, it's, it's not uh, unusual for me to even get calls from my own partners at Glazer Weill to, to say, you know, uh, my wife was just... Uh, injured by falling down uh, an escalator, uh, or my wife was in a parking lot visiting her doctor and, and the car backed over and ran over her foot, two actual real cases. And I said, you know, there are uh, terrific lawyers that I know uh, that are close in this area that I think would be a perfect match not only for the legal issue, but to fit personally with the personalities of the people. And uh, both of those, one of those cases has been resolved, and the other uh, is, uh, I think, going to go to litigation. What I like about what you've done with LegalZoom and also with Right Counsel is these were questions that were coming up repeatedly to you, and you were already aware that there was a market need for it. So you've sort of stepped in and made it easier for the layman to find the right attorney to represent them and also to get access to the right forms and the right processes. I wonder how the legal community itself has reacted to what you've done. That's a very interesting question, Rebecca. So, so let's start with, with LegalZoom. Uh, the overwhelming majority of people in the country, and we're a national uh, business, are very favorable towards LegalZoom. There, there are some people, and mainly it's in smaller states uh, where there are individual lawyers who uh, do almost every type of case, uh, who find us to be competitive. And I think competition is good. Uh, if we're able to develop and to provide to our uh, consumers legal documentation that uh, is valid, that will stand up to any type of scrutiny uh, at a reasonable and affordable cost, uh, I, I think we're doing a great service to the community and our success has shown that that's the case. 
Right, uh, but at, at one time this was all proprietary, right? The, these were these forms were the the purview of lawyers, and so the minute you open it up and say, "Well, look, there's no magic; these forms are available; these processes are understandable," then certainly there are going to be attorneys who say, "Well, gosh, you, you've you've taken some of my business away." And I agree with you. I think that kind of competition really helps the person on the street. Uh. That's correct, Rebecca. The, the other thing is we really don't use forms. Uh, our, our system is, is interactive where yes. uh, people go on to LegalZoom.com. Uh, they see the documents that they need. Let's say something uh, like a will or a durable power of attorney, a, a living will. And questions are asked, and we have specialists. We have to take a scheduled intermission, but stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Sellers. How is Caraccioli able to grow so quickly in popularity and still maintain that special attention to detail from the field to the bottle? What's the secret? There is no secret. It's just hard work. Um, (laughs) It's something that you got to put a lot of effort in, a lot of time in. You can't cut corners. Bubbles are inherently naked, so your flaws are exposed. And when that's the case, you have to be diligent on the front end and go the extra mile to make sure that you don't cut those corners and that you do things the right way. We're in a ideal location and being able to harvest at optimal pick points, produce these grapes in the best way possible. You have great fruit and you go through these different steps and at the end you end up with a unique product that showcases the fruit in a different way. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website, caraccioliesellers.com or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. When I say Italy, what comes to mind? Venice. Capri. Oh my gosh, Capri was marvelous. The views, the cliffside views, or traveling to Sorrento. Pirello Tours. Oh, Pirello Tours, for sure. Pirello. Hi, I'm Steve Pirello of Pirello Tours. With over 70 years of tour experience to Italy, it's no wonder Pirello Tours is synonymous with travel to Italy. I think of the culture. And to walk up to certain areas and touch a wall and think, well, this wall's like 3,000 years old. Being on a Pirello Tour on our anniversary was better than anything I can remember ever on an anniversary. I personally approve every itinerary to ensure a stress-free, once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Salute! Call now for your free insider's guide to Perillo's Italy. Call in the next 30 minutes and qualify for a $100 gift card when you travel with us. Call 800-897-7176. 800-897-7176. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day... I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, mattress. Yep, bye-bye, mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So Bye Bye Mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit ByeByeMattress.com. 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is acclaimed lawyer and entrepreneur and humanitarian, Mr. Robert Shapiro. And before the break, you were beginning to explain how Legal Zoom is an interactive site. And I, I apologize we had to go to a hard break, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to complete that thought. Well, no need to apologize. I mean, that's how these broadcasts get done. Uh, <laughs> I, I, You know, I hate that because we'll be right in the middle of something that I am fascinated by, and then, you know, the lights go on and they say, you got a hard break coming up, we're going to cut you off, and they certainly do, don't they? <laughs> absolutely. So, so Rebecca, LegalZoom it was set up to make the average consumer uh, able to go on a computer and answer questions the way uh, a lawyer would ask questions uh, in order to have a document prepared and completed. We have document review specialists uh, in each and every type of document we do that uh, go over those documents word for word uh, to make sure that they are uh, correct and and will stand up to legal scrutiny. We've also expanded to uh, having uh, lawyers available should people need additional assistance uh, in their documentation or in certain other areas that LegalZoom is involved in. Uh, Right Counsel, on the other hand, uh, is a totally separate entity uh, that was founded by myself and Brian Liu, uh, one of our founders of LegalZoom, uh, to uh, put lawyers in touch to put the consumers who are are victims, unfortunately, of serious accidents or uh, bad drugs uh, in in touch with lawyers that we feel are the best. Many many of these services that uh, connect lawyers uh, with with people in accidents are uh, lawyers who are paying for territories to get referrals. Uh, we don't do that at all. Uh, the lawyers that we use are lawyers that we know by reputation, uh, are lawyers that we have total confidence in, and are lawyers that we would use should, God forbid, somebody near and dear to us uh, be involved in a serious accident or uh, suffer the effects of bad drugs or a toxic tort. Well, now, I think you make an excellent point, which is the lawyer that spends the most money advertising isn't necessarily the best lawyer and may not necessarily be the best lawyer for your particular case. So let me ask you, uh, what areas do you cover? I mean, do, do you cover the entire United States, or is this mostly the Southern California area? Where Where is Right Counsel available? Well, right now, we're, uh, we, we've launched about four months ago, and... We were concentrating on uh, the areas in Southern California and throughout California. Uh, as uh, the, the program expands, uh, we have contacts with lawyers nationally, and uh, we will be expanding on a state-by-state basis. Uh, different states have different rules for uh, lawyers uh, making uh, referrals to other lawyers or suggesting other lawyers. And so on a state-by-state basis, uh, by the end of next year, uh, we should be across the country. Well, that would be terrific. I I think uh, everyone listening today can hardly wait for it to come to their state. So uh, we're we're very excited about uh, talking about this particular service that's available in California right now and will be moving across the United States. Now, I mentioned, uh, I'm going to switch gears here for just a moment. I mentioned earlier that you were a key member of uh, OJ's defense dream team. Uh, And following that trial, you've made a point of clarifying the difference between moral justice and legal justice. And in the case of O.J., you feel that the verdict was an example of legal justice. Is that right? That's correct. You know, uh, I've, for the last 20 or so years, uh, avoided speaking about the Simpson matter other than a couple interviews I gave uh, after the verdict, the book I wrote called The Search for Justice, and, uh, and recently, uh, as, as a result of many series uh, that were aired, uh, one which was on ESPN, which I thought was exceedingly accurate, and, and one which was a tabloid version 
of uh, someone's interpretation of what they think happened and was far from accurate. Uh, so I did one interview with Megan Kelly to, to clarify some of some of those things. Uh, but the, the distinction I've made between moral justice and legal justice is people, uh, especially in high-profile cases that are publicized, uh, are getting their news in two ways. One, they're watching uh, the case live. Or two, most likely, they're hearing summaries uh, from pundits uh, on a daily basis and coming to conclusions. And, and that creates a real significant problem because uh, unless you're sitting in the courtroom as a juror focusing on one thing only, and that is the witness's testimony, it, it's nearly impossible for anybody to come to real conclusions as to what their decision would be if they were a juror in the case. You know, we're all entitled to our opinions, and, and the country uh, uh, at the time was divided. I think now uh, people uh, are looking at it in, in, in a way that uh, most people find uh, that uh, the evidence was compelling uh, in the criminal case. Uh, I, I've said one thing, Rebecca, and, and I'll, I'll repeat it again, and that is there were two trials for uh, Mr. Simpson, a criminal trial and a civil trial. Uh, in the criminal trial, he was acquitted, found not guilty. In the civil case, he was found responsible. My comment is simple. Both verdicts were correct. That's correct, and, and that is that is legal justice. But why is it that as a public, we want moral justice? We want the law to do more than just deliver legal justice. It would be wonderful if it would be wonderful if we had a perfect system of justice. If we had the ability scientifically to know exactly what took place with anyone who was charged with a crime, to know all the facts in an unbiased point of view, then we would have a perfect system of justice. But we don't. Uh, we have a system of justice that is based sometimes on scientific evidence that may be uh, viewed by one expert in one way and another expert in a different way. Uh, we have observations of people uh, that may be challenged because those observations may be biased or may be incorrect. So if we had a perfect system of justice, I think we'd all be much better. But unfortunately, we don't. So, so, what we, what, so what we must strive for is what you call legal justice, which in the case of O.J. Simpson's both criminal and his uh, civil trial were administered. There was, a, there, there was definitely doubt established in his criminal trial, and, uh, and that uh, weighed heavily on the final verdict, which legally was accurate. Now, we have to take another scheduled intermission, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. Like a lot of women I know, I am a big fan of a clean-shaven man. But not just any shave. It has to be a close, fresh shave. The kind of shave us ladies like to get near. In other words, a hairy shave. Three million men have switched to Harry's because you can't get a better shave for the price. That's because Harry's razors are shipped from a factory that has been making precision blades for over 100 years direct to you with no middleman. But you don't have to take my word for it. Harry's is so sure you'll never use another razor again. They're offering a trial shave kit for free. The kit includes an ergonomic razor handle, five precision blades, shave gel, and a travel blade cover. To get your free trial shaving kit, just go to harrys.com slash costa. That's harrys.com slash costa. And find out why a Harry's razor makes all the difference. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six... 
My days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me. Your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious. And yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us today, my guest is Robert Shapiro, and we've been talking about the distinction that we have to make between legal justice and moral justice. Uh, I mentioned earlier you've represented uh, many rich and famous clients. So my, my question to you is, what role does the wealth and the celebrity of an individual play in getting legal justice in America? What's been your experience? You know, that's a very interesting question, and the common misconception is that people that uh, have celebrity, uh, people that are high-profile, uh, get a better, uh, better shake and, uh, and are, are treated better in, in, the, in the system. And that may have been true at one point in time. But in today's world, with, with the Internet, with uh, communications that are instantaneous, uh, I think celebrity is a big drawback uh, for people. Uh, first, uh, the media is all over cases involving celebrities. Uh, generally, you find that uh, the media's view is that if somebody is indicted, somebody is charged, and somebody hires a lawyer, uh, they must be guilty. And uh, it, it makes it much more challenging and much more difficult. The other thing that the public is not aware of is when people in public life uh, that are either uh, people with, a, with celebrity status or people who uh, are financially uh, well-off, the resources that prosecutors mount against those people are much greater than, than the average case. So... If you take uh, 
uh, a case where uh, somebody has been charged with a crime, and whether it's a serious crime or or maybe just a misdemeanor, uh, and the public doesn't know about it, these cases become routine, and they go they go through the courthouse, and uh, they get resolved. Most of them, ninety uh, percent or more, without a trial. But the celebrity cases, uh, the people in, in public light uh, or in public life, uh, are, are highly scrutinized, and and so much more uh, of a resource allocation is, is developed and allocated by the prosecutors to uh, show the public that we're not going to treat these people any differently. Uh, in truth, in fact, they are treated much more differently and to a much higher standard. You know, I had never thought about that before. This is the first time that it's occurred to me that in high-profile cases, lawyers' reputations are on the line. So, of course, the prosecution is going to mount the best possible defense and uh, and really resource the trial much more than, uh, say, a, a, a low-profile case. There's just no question about it. I mean, I'll go back as long ago as when I represented F. Lee Bailey shortly after the Patty Hearst case when, when he was arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. And in most drunk driving cases, there's two witnesses. There's the investigating and arresting officer who was at the scene and an expert who tells you uh, what the significance is if somebody took a test or didn't take a test. And in his case, they called 40 witnesses uh, over, wow. over a period of was two weeks. So, uh, you know, it's I, I've seen case after case uh, of the high-profile nature where the enormous resources available to the state or the federal government uh, are put against individuals that don't happen in the day-to-day cases. So those are much tougher cases. They're much more complicated. I'll tell you what drives me nuts is uh, when when these high-profile cases happen, there are so many television programs where you've got pundits interviewing other pundits, <laughs> and none of them have a, a legal background. This must drive you nuts. Well, it doesn't drive me nuts. It just keeps me off television because it's something <laughs> I choose not to participate in because... I think it creates a circus atmosphere and and people start yelling and talking over one another and nobody comes out looking well. That's right. That's right. Well, we've been talking about legal justice and we've been talking about moral justice. Uh, What about social justice? Is that something we should be looking to the law for? I think so. Uh, I I think that's one of the most compelling issues uh, facing the country right now. Uh, And and that... uh, you know, the, the law cannot be there to solve each and every problem, but I think it can set standards uh, that are necessary for social justice. Now, in addition to your legal practice, I mentioned that you've been very active in drug uh, abuse prevention and treatment through your foundation. So you're a good person to ask about the current opioid epidemic. From your perspective, is this shaping up to be a tobacco industry-like lawsuit? Uh, I think so, and and long, long overdue. I've been talking about this uh, for the last uh, decade. Uh, let, let me go back in, in history. Uh, in 2005, our son, uh, Brent Shapiro, was uh, about to graduate from USC on the dean's list. Uh, but Brent had been a drug addict and an alcoholic, and uh we had discovered it at about the age of 18 or 19, which was probably way too late because the symptoms were there before. He'd been sober for 18 months. He went to a party and uh, broke his sobriety, uh, which uh, is not an uncommon thing where people who are suffering from drug disease or alcoholism uh, recover. Uh, relapse is, is just something that happens. We're, we're dealing with a disease that is treatable but not curable, and yes. that is recurring. And it happened to him. He took a half of ecstasy and two Jagermeister shots to get it down and got violently ill. And no one called the paramedics. 
And as a result, uh, he aspirated in his sleep. And uh, when uh, the next morning when he was turning blue and uh, 9-11 was finally called, he uh, was in a coma and never recovered. So, so we started a foundation for drug prevention. And uh, that is the most important thing that I do today. So when we're talking about opioids, uh, it has become such a massive problem, uh, but nobody had been paying attention to it. Uh, the public was misinformed. Up until last year, Vicodin was classified as a much safer drug, a Schedule three drug that a doctor could call in over the phone versus Oxycontin or any of the other hydrocodones, which are Schedule two. And the only difference, realistically, is uh, Vicodin was half the strength of Oxycontin. Two Vicodin would be one Oxycontin. And right. so people were given a false sense of health security by saying, well, it's only Vicodin, you know, and it's something uh, that, that people uh, got accustomed to taking because uh, they had pain. And also uh, because it was prescribed by their doctors and people trust their doctors. And, and you know, I, I've often said in, in medical school, they must only have one number they teach doctors, and that's 30. Because every time you get a prescription, you get one for 30 pills. <laughs> and that's what doctors were doing with Vicodin. Yeah. And uh, it was creating an atmosphere of addiction that people were unaware of. And, uh, and it as, did, as but, know, but one thing I will, I, you know, I just came from speaking to the National Association of Spinal Surgeons on this exact topic on opioid addiction and what can be done about it. And I have to say that I, I'm even empathetic for the doctors because most of those doctors in the room read the same studies that I did, which said that there was a less than 1% opportunity for addiction to much of these opioids. So, you know, they were steered in the wrong direction as well. Um, we've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll continue to talk about this opioid addiction and what uh, may be in store next from a legal perspective. Stay with us. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. Here's something big banks don't want you to know about your IRA or 401k. What if you could store your IRA or 401k where you could see, touch, and hold it in person in the form of physical gold and silver coins? I know you can't do that with your stock portfolio. With Augusta Gold and Silver IRA, you can transfer retirement savings into physical coins and store them where you can actually see them, where you can get your gold faster in any disaster. Free shipping, zero management fees, and Augusta pays all upfront costs. Getting started, absolutely free. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau and a 98% five-star satisfaction rating with TrustLink.org so you can trust Augusta. Call toll-free 855 5662 now for your free guide to Augusta Gold IRA. Call toll free 855-777-5662. That's 855-777-5662. Call Augusta today. 855-777-5662. 
It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We've got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we have been speaking today with lawyer and entrepreneur and humanitarian Robert Shapiro, and we've been discussing the legal issues surrounding the current opioid epidemic. And before the break, I asked you whether this was shaping up to be a tobacco industry type of lawsuit. Uh, I, I think I think it is. It has all the earmarks of it, uh, going back to uh, the way that big pharma companies, uh, misled the public, uh, did not give out proper warnings, uh, misled doctors, and uh, created an atmosphere where over 90% of all pain medication is consumed by Americans. So we must have more pain than uh, the rest of the world combined, uh, which is obviously not the case. Yeah, so, so where where do you think this winds up? Does this wind up as a giant class action suit uh, of uh, those addicted against the pharma companies? You know, I really can't predict, Rebecca, mm-hmm. where, where it ends up. My hope is this. My hope is that it ends up in a way that people now and doctors become much more knowledgeable about the dangers uh, of these highly addictive types of opiates that uh, patients uh, are not prescribed these simply for the asking, that these medications were designed for people with stage 4 cancer or tremendous pains, not for people with toothaches or, uh, or minor backaches, uh, which ha- has become uh, the way people get them, that doctors are regulated and that doctors are identified who are over-prescribing these medications, that pharmacies are identified that are overfilling these medications, that see people come back with prescriptions from multiple doctors. Uh, So uh, I think safeguards are are the more important way to deal with this. I think the legal system uh, will uh, certainly get involved in this and that uh, the the real issue is uh, how are we going to prevent our next generation of, of young people from this epidemic of addiction that, that is sweeping the nation and that is, is causing us the greatest social problem I think we've had in the history of this country. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, uh, I, I do have something I do want to pass on to you, and that is there is a company called Fuzzy Logics 
that has developed uh, – they, they're a predictive analytics company, and uh, that's my lane, which is technology. And uh, they have developed a quick questionnaire that can be taken by a patient uh, that also looks at their medical records and looks at certain uh, adaptive behaviors that they have uh, uh, that are markers for an addict. And they can predict with with 80 to 85% accuracy whether a patient is predisposed to become an addict. And I think that ought to be mandatory before they issue those legal prescriptions. What do you think? I, I agree with you. And I think additionally, uh, the research from UCLA uh, is that 50% of, of this disease, and, and it is a disease, addiction is now recognized certainly as a disorder, but, but in my view a disease, that 50% of, of addiction is genetic. So That's correct. People, uh, so if you're, you're giving out uh, highly addictive substances to people, uh, you're paying Russian roulette with their lives. And uh, this is and not... And we have genetic testing that we can test people. And, and, you know, if I were walking into a doctor's office and they said, look, would you like to be tested to see if you're predisposed to become an addict? I'd say, heck yes. You know, sign uh, me up for the absolutely. test. Absolutely. And, you it's know, just not being which, offered. Gets us, which gets us to another point. And one of the things I'd like to mention and bring up to you, Rebecca, is what we're doing uh, with the Brent Shapiro Foundation for Drug Prevention. Uh, our programs start with kids from 11 to 17 in association with the Boys and Girls Club of America. And it's a very simple program. If our kids, along with their parents, agree to let us test them randomly for drugs and alcohol, they get rewarded. And as they continue through the program, if they graduate as a sober high school student, they're eligible for a college scholarship, which we have provided to uh, kids now for uh, the last 12 years since this program has started. And... Right now, we have 4,000 club, 4,000 kids in six clubs, uh, four in uh, underserved areas in Los Angeles, one in Malibu, and our biggest club in the Bronx, New York. Uh, and we have not had one child in our club fail a test in the last three and a half years. That is an amazing statistic. And as you point out, Addiction is a devil of a problem to try to solve on the back end. If there is anything, anything at all we can do on the front end to prevent legal prescriptions from getting people uh, going down that road or warning kids that they're predisposed in some way uh, because they've, they've had addiction history in their family or they're genetically predisposed in some way. If there's any way we could head that off, uh, we need to do that. Well, that, that, that's, that's what the Brent Shapiro Foundation is dedicated to doing. Uh, right now, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers, who unfortunately didn't win the World Series, uh, sponsoring. Oh, they'll get uh, another chance. They will, for sure. <laughs> but they're, 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 they've stepped up to the plate and are sponsoring uh, our biggest club in East Los Angeles, uh, in Boyle Heights, and the New York football giants are sponsoring our biggest club in New York. And our mission is to get every sports franchise in America to sponsor one of our clubs with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America in, in every city in America. And to have our next generation uh, be well aware of the dangers of addiction and the absolute way to prevent addiction is not to start. Here, here. And, and uh, based on your track record, I would say that uh, success is imminent, and we look forward to having you come back and tell us more about uh, the Brent Shapiro Foundation. We are just about out of time, but before we say goodbye, let me congratulate you on Legal Zoom and Right Counsel and also your work with the foundation, and, for, and thank you for making time to speak with us today. Thank you, Mr. Shapiro. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been a pleasure to be on your uh, great program. I'm a big fan, and uh, thank you for inviting me.
Now, as you heard, the law is extremely complex, and Mr. Shapiro has developed two tools which make it easier for the person on the street to navigate that complex maze. So uh, do visit LegalZoom or Right Counsel when you need the help. And speaking of streamlining and making things easier, Harry's Razors had the same idea as Mr. Shapiro. They wanted to make life a little easier, too. The founders of Harry's knew that there had to be a less expensive way to get a premium razor and a premium shave. So they scoured the earth to find and they bought a German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience. And then they cut out the middleman. They made the decision to go direct to you. And that decision has led to the finest razor in the industry at the lowest possible price. And if you don't think that makes a difference when you shave with a Harry's razor, then you ask any one of the three million men who have switched to Harry's. More and more are switching every single day. And there really are some things that I can't tell you about. You have to experience them for them for yourself. Because, you know, it doesn't matter what I say on the radio. If you get the razor, you try it, and you like it, then what I've said made sense. And if you don't try it, then I can, I can talk to you all day long, and it won't make any difference. So I, I've asked Harry's to remove all the stops, and they are offering listeners of the Costa Report a free trial. All you do is go to harrys.com slash Costa, my last name, C-O-S-T-A, to get your free Harry's razor kit, which includes an ergonomically designed razor handle, five precision blades, shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. And all you pay for is shipping. I give you my word that once you try a Harry's razor, you're not going to want to use anything else. So jump on your mobile phone or your tablet or go to harrys.com slash Costa to get your free trial razor, blades, gel, and blade cover. And that just about wraps up our first hour. My guest next week is former White House Chief of Staff for President Clinton, Thomas Mac McLarty, who was instrumental in creating a deficit reduction plan that not only balanced the federal budget, but produced one of the largest surpluses in recent history. Don't miss the one and only Mac McLarty next week, right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 